whether you eat or drink. Whatever you do. 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 Or whatever you do. Do all to the glory of God. Welcome to Whatever You Do. I'm Danny. And I'm Abby. We're just best friends trying to figure out how to bring glory to God in whatever you do. Here we are again. What episode number is this? Do you know? 35. Another milestone. (laughs) Are we counting by fives now? Just whatever number I like ends up being a milestone. Oh, do you like the number 35? I feel good about it. If it was like 33, I wouldn't feel good about that one, but there's certain numbers that... I don't feel like it can be another milestone until 50. And you didn't think... The first one was the milestone. I know. So. And I don't feel like this one really truly is either. I but know. I don't think we can make like 40 a milestone. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to episode 35 of whatever, whatever our podcast you do, is called. Whatever you do. <laughs> that one. Oh. It is November 2nd when you're listening to this. November 1st. When right, we're making For a few more hours. Two more hours. The beginning of November. It's flown by. And it's actually quite cool weather here in Arizona now. It's very nice. I can go on walks during the day and I'm not sweating. Yep. So that's been a... I had my windows open. Big change. We've heard some other people have had their windows open too. Made their husbands real cold. Oh, (laughs) I was like... Who are you talking about? Yes. Someone who listens to this, mm-hmm. so I'm just giving her a little encouragement. Secret shout out. Well, when you the, when you can't take your womb off. To the open window <laughs> girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Abby got real, real offensive <laughs> over that the other night. We well, t- talking you know what? to the guys who were complaining about being cold and it's like Abby doesn't even get as hot as I don't the, even get hot, but I'm still annoyed that like I'm sorry your pregnant wife is hot and wants a window open. Put I'm a gonna, jacket on. I'm gonna get her all right. <laughs> <laughs> Abby's about to fall asleep until I brought up the window <laughs> issue. No, I'm ready. I'm ready to fight. Um so this week has been really totally normal. Busy. Very and low key. Crazy and relaxed. I make really poor choices in life sometimes, but I don't really regret them. But no regrets. Hashtag no regrets. (laughs) Should get that tattooed. You make interesting choices. My choice for sure. It was my choices that were interesting this week were that she decided to host everything every night of the week. Everything with everyone. And all the things. At least you did Sabbath dinner on Saturday night at your house. Mm -hmm. So Sunday night, we always do dinner at my house after church. And then Monday night, I cooked dinner and had the women's books. Not only did Danny cook dinner. A little crazy. She, okay. And what a normal person would do if they realized that they're going to host a book study Oh, and it's kind of expected that you make a meal. A normal person would be like, all right, well, most people have been doing soups, so I'm just going to, like, 
grab a soup recipe that I've made a thousand times and throw it in the crock pot because I also have to like school my kids all day, go to Costco, go and clean my house and get all of these things done. Not Danny. Danny decides, let me pick three brand new recipes of three brand new soups I've never made before. Go buy all the ingredients for them and then make three different kinds of soups. I have an explanation for this. I know, but it's still... The soups I make on a regular basis. (laughs) I make dairy-free, gluten-free soups so that everybody, because it's usually for... All of our dairy-free, gluten-free families. I'm the only one dairy-free right now, which makes it super And Arrow. And Arrow. But... So... I like to be... Like, knowing that I'm making it still for a group of people, but I'm making it for... A, it doesn't start till 6.45. So that gives me an extra buffer (laughs) zone of time to make the dinner. Mm. B, it's for adults that I know, even if I pick a soup that's like outside of the normal, not that they weren't abnormal, but I feel like with, when you're making a meal for the majority of them are kids, kids just like routine and I can't just make one of these soups because one of them had dairy and gluten. One of them had lots of dairy. And then one of them I made dairy gluten-free. I I understand that you had your reasons and your logic. My point, though, is saying with the week that you had ahead of you... It was a little you, bit crazy. In but like, they were delicious They were soups. great. I mean, I, I'm giving you all of that credit, Also, Danny. I think it really... But the logic of, like, a normal, sane person... Wouldn't yeah, no, have made that decision. It wasn't sane. No, it wasn't. But the good news was there was so much leftovers of it. Because you made three, three different That I didn't soups. have to make lunch the next day. And, which was really good because we had the chiropractor appointment. And oh. I literally just had to warm up soup for my kids. And I've got more soup in the freezer. For another time. I've got yeah, soup. Yeah, it's all great. I gave soup to Melissa. I We we had soup. Yep. We def, we were not on a shortage we're of soup. We were not on a soup shortage that night. But it just kicked your week off into like... What am I doing? That? It's not like you could wake up Tuesday like, wow, Monday was a really busy day. Now let me rest and relax. That night I had birth circle. Tuesday That was night. pretty... That was much more low-key, because you made dinner that night. Yeah. And then it was just, like, a handful of women over there, and my kids just played Kindles in the basement. Yeah. So, Tuesday night, while I still did host something at my house, because I'm the extreme side of extrovertedness that I am... I would say that was a perfect, that wasn't like overkilling my extrovert, extrovertedness. Yeah. That was like a, a group of like five of us, not you, cause you didn't come. I was gonna say. <laughs> but a group of five women, me being one of them, so four other people, that's like a very nice amount for me to handle and actually like and I was fills me up. Peopled out by that point. Yeah, and just then, from 
Monday, so. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Wednesday night, we just had our normal reach group only. Some people thought we weren't having it, so, and some people couldn't make it, and so. It was actually, or it was actually, for once, a small group. Yeah, I mean, it's still, relatively speaking, you know. Yeah. What, what do you consider small? There's still... Probably like eight adults and 15 kids or something. Yeah. I don't know. But it was under 30 people, which is rare. Yep. And made then, dinner that night also. Uh-huh. And then last night, Thursday night, was Reformation Day. We had our second annual... Reformation Day party, which was a was success. Fun. Yeah. I feel like it was even better than the first year. I would hope so. I would hope it gets better and not worse. <laughs> <laughs> That'd really be a bummer. <laughs> I'd hope that the more we kind of know what we're doing and have yeah. a game plan it would be That's true. more enjoyable. But it definitely it was fun. For that we made sixty dirt cups. Diet diet of worms. Yes, we did. How many of those do you have left? Enough for our families to have another round. Great. I'm not exactly sure, but I know there's quite a few. I figured. Chip and Tim did spill two of them last night when they were trying to put them away, but then I think they... Ate them? Yeah. I mean, they spilled... Took one for the team. (laughs) ...off and then ate the pudding. Yeah, so... But at our Reformation Day party, we nailed the 95 theses to the door multiple times. Yep. Deke was so cute. He kept picking up the hammer, which was, like, (laughs) the same weight as him, and, like, trying to get a nail and trying to hold the paper all at the same time, fumbling, trying to, like, do what all the big kids were doing of nailing it to the door. He's not two yet, so he probably needs to wait until next year. And then we had some coloring pages and a story time about Martin Luther, where one of our friends... He stayed in full character. He was Martin Luther for the night. Uh-huh. His costume was better last year. It was, but... I told him. I think the kids still He was wearing a it. graduation gown this year. And then we did feather... Feather quill, quill writing. Yep. They had to write out of one verse with their quill and ink and see how hard it must have been for monks to write out the whole Bible. Yep. We had a fire and hot Everybody dogs and seemed to really like my German potatoes, they which were good. was just fried potatoes and onions. Did you have the onion kind or the non-onion? Non-onion. Is that even a question? I actually, in my defense, the onion kind was almost gone. Okay, well, in see, the non-onion. I wasn't sure because I made so much fewer of the non-onion. I didn't know what kids would want, and so I didn't know which one you yeah. took because I didn't know which one was. Yeah, when I got up there, more plentiful. It was definitely. I knew that even though you would choose the non-onion one normally, that if for the sake of the children, for the sake of the children, that I you would, would have... be an adult and eat the onion kind yep. if you had to. So it's true. Um. So yeah, 
that was, and then today I kind of felt like I was gonna pass out all day, but here we are. At 10 o'clock. 10.03. And here's the real surprising news. Melissa is still pregnant. It's true. I don't know. I mean, it's like mostly really surprising. There's a little bit of it that's like. Really it isn't hoping. really that surprising. Well, I mean, it is. It, it is. It's it is, but it's like, not. It's not shocking. It's, it's just surprising. sad. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's shocking. We're yeah. not like, I just can't. But at the like, same time, if you were forty-one weeks and six days pregnant. I feel like we that be would be shocked. shocked. Yeah, we're not shocked, but I think we really didn't think we'd be here again, again. in this place. I do think, though, honestly, from an outsider's perspective, that she is doing so good, and it feels like she's handling it so much. Maybe because she's done it before last time, going to forty-two weeks, but. It just feels like she's coping with it so well. I know. I mean, she's... Are we going to title this episode, Let's Talk About Melissa, as if she's... Maybe if we talk about her enough, we'll have to end mid-episode to go be at her birth. Yeah. I really don't feel like that, though. I was really hopeful that we could skip recording tonight to go to her birth. I'm hoping she... Maybe... I don't know. Maybe by the time you guys listen to this tomorrow. Maybe. So for for her last baby, she turned 42 weeks at the midnight mark, went into labor a couple of hours later, and had the baby... Like the day she turned 42 weeks. But like before like 6 in the morning. Right. Like... Yeah. So she was 42 weeks officially, but it didn't feel like she had to... Actually, do a forty-two week day. Digest yes. the like. I'm forty-two weeks. Yes. Now, so, so that's when if she makes it all the way through tonight and wakes up pregnant in the morning is gonna be like the real. When you guys are I feel listening like we to this, already feel sad, but I feel like I'm. Yeah. I it's asked true. her, do we just need to like come down and like fan you and feed you grapes and brush your hair <laughs> and rub tomorrow. your feet and. So, pray for her. It's not like she's like one of these women either that has their baby at like 42 plus weeks and then they're like, my baby was 7 pounds 14 ounces. They really grew giant. Yeah. She's like, her belly is, I like walked in today and I was like, that's large. Your belly's still growing. She's like, oh, I know it is. And I was like, oh. yeah. And I was like looking at my own belly that I feel like is really large. And then I was like, I know. Oh, <laughs> it's not at all. Have, we barely don't even look pregnant. I have so much further to go. <laughs> so, but this is bringing up something interesting. Oh, good. I hope you have something to talk about. Well, I think we... Well, sorry, guys. <laughs> Kids, monitors. Um, we don't feel like it's strange at all that 
She's 41 weeks, six days, and she'll be 42 weeks tomorrow. And we feel like sad and oh, we hope that she's not pregnant soon. But the majority of women, even who have a home birth midwife, would be facing. Melissa's not looking at waking up in the morning and having to transfer care and go into a CNOB and get do an NST and either get induced or try to convince a doctor not to induce her yet. Mm-hmm. She could probably do any of those things easily if she wanted to. Yeah. But she's not under... She's not being abandoned, basically. Right. By... The person who's been for providing her care. Yeah. And this is one of those times where I think it's it's just one of those things that has become so normal feeling to us, but is so... I, I mean, I don't think most people even know how to handle... Like, well, she can't go past 42 weeks. Like, right. That's not an option. That's not a real thing. Right. Like, she has to have the baby tomorrow. Right. Like, it's like as soon as midnight strikes, it's like... Her pumpkin. Her <laughs> carriage turns into a pumpkin. Her, her belly turns her into a pumpkin. Her placenta suddenly just stops working and her baby's... She's just going to shrivel up and everything's going to... Yes. Now, there are, like, risks that do go up after the 42-week mark. But it's the, it's like statistics that aren't even accurate statistics because there's so few women that they're taking the statistics on. Who, right. I, I feel like if you actually took all the women who get induced mm-hmm. before 42 weeks for not reasons that would really count, like that are just... And you let them all go as long as they would go. Right. Before they just went into labor. Right. I mean, especially when you consider the fact that even the... I mean, there's several women who would say, I went into labor naturally, who go into the hospital but then have augmentation of some sort, either their water's broken or Pitocin or Mm -hmm. something. Or even before that, like once you hit the 41st week, I feel like a lot of people are stripping membranes and doing other... and... Like doing things to try to get things going, which a lot of times do get things going, but then stall out if you're not actually supposed. And that's where when you're talking about augmentation can happen a lot of times. That it's like, would this have continued? Would this labor have started and would this have continued? Mm-hmm. So now you're you're boiling it down to a very small group of people who are actually within the statistics. That yes, the risks go up. Statistically, among the group of women we've actually been able to see, but mm-hmm. it would be interesting to see if there was a larger sampling of people to watch. Right. If, like, how those would you don't know. Maybe the risk would be even higher. Maybe they'd be lower. Mm-hmm. But all that to say, it's not like you just don't. I think it's like well you stay intentionally in tune with the baby and the mom, but you should be doing that kind of... I was just uh, about to say, this brings up a whole 37 separate... 37 weeks and 38 weeks. And really, 39. through your whole pregnancy, like, it should be something that the mom is 
paying attention to her body, paying attention to what's normal for her and her baby. And like, these are the types of things that a lot of times we pass off the responsibility of our providers. And then you see so often, I feel like I saw it multiple times with Melissa, people being like, will they let you do that? Are they going to let you go past blah, blah, blah? Like, and it's one of those things where it's like, We've just so willingly passed off all responsibilities that we have to, like, get permission to do or not do something. Like, stay pregnant. Right. And so... But it is important to be always mindful in monitoring your yourself, what's going on with your baby, and... And we have a lot of resources to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's not, those aren't bad things to, to utilize or do necessarily. So, but you don't need a lot of those either to just pay attention to how your body's feeling and yeah, if your baby's moving normally and how right. you're feeling overall. Anyway, well, we got through 20 minutes of... <laughs> um, it is actually really starting to make me feel I've I've walked with so many women going through past their due dates and I know how normal it is and I know how like how much I believe that it's totally like normal but because it's never been what I've done it's been making me be like Oh, but I still need to, like... I I feel like I've prepared how to, like, comfort and, like, encourage people who go through it. But I'm, like... I'm not immune. I'm not, like, exempt from this just because I never have before gone past my due date. Just going past your due date. Right. But I will say that having... Having never had the experience of even going to 39 weeks before I had my seventh. And then going past my due date with him it was nice that I only went like Mm -hmm. technically like a day I mean he was born date wise like two days past his due date but it was literally less than an hour into that day so I would say I really felt like I went one day past my due date and there is a huge difference between there's almost something about if you've never gone past your due date like getting to your due date and being like you can almost mentally make it like a oh I made it to my due date like almost like a weird celebration like you're not necessarily happy about it but it doesn't feel like the end of the world just to get to your Mm -hmm. due date and have to go like a day past or something yeah I do think getting to like 41 weeks feels different than just getting to your due date Mm -hmm. because you're kind of like Okay, wait, like, I'm going the wrong direction. Like, further and further away from my due date, the wrong way. Like, Mm -hmm. I've been waiting and waiting for my due date to come, and it came, and now there it goes off into the distance. Yes. (laughs) The wrong direction. Mm -hmm. And so... So, logically, I know all of these things, but because I've never personally had to, like, experience them, it just seemed... It feels like it would be so weird. When was Cal born? 
Honest due date. Honest due date. Yep. And he was my latest. How did you feel waking up on your due date pregnant? I woke up on my due date pregnant having contractions. Oh, okay. So I was like, it's my due date and I'm pretty sure I'm in labor. Like I woke Tim up and told right. him like... Yeah, I mean, I guess by the time I was going to Bible study in the morning, you were already telling me that you were yeah. having... Yeah. So I didn't have that like... Did you... I know you had prodroma labor with him. Yes. But... It wasn't nearly like not as much as I had with Arrow. No, okay. Arrow's was, was it just like kind of that week leading up? Yes. Okay. Yep. And I feel like it was only a couple of times, and it was usually only for a couple of hours. Yeah. It wasn't ever as like it would it would never get quite to the same intensity level. No. Where it was more like the pre labor stuff that you were like. I think this could be it. Like, if yes. it keeps getting more intense. But I feel like with arrows, it actually turned into, like, now it's more intense. And then it would, like, stop. Yes. And you're like, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. <laughs> you ready? But it is so crazy how, like, different women can have such different norms for them. Mm-hmm. Not to say that the norms can't change. Right. Well, like they can have different norms, but then they can even go outside of their own. Right, norms, I know. But, which but, is the really But that's just part. what's so interesting is that like my norm can be right around my due date, give or take a couple days. Melissa's like it's just such a huge difference. But right, again, not to say that like you know go all the time around 37 or 38 weeks. Right. I think that was the hardest part for me was that I just had bought so much into the mentality that if your body is ready, like stripping membranes isn't that big of a deal. It's like totally normal and it will only work if your body's ready. Right. And when you were doing that at 37, 38 weeks and and going into labor just from that and like having multiple babies within 24 hours of my membranes being stripped with no Pitocin, Mm -hmm. with no other form of, like, both Riken and Brinley. Well, let's see. I guess, oh, they did break my water with Riken. Both of them, though, I feel like I was actively in labor and would have had the baby. I don't feel like things were stopping. They were definitely, like, moving into transition on their own and um, but I just got the mentality that, especially because then my babies were born bigger, mm-hmm. they never had any problems nursing, like all of these things that I just kind of, I mean, when you have four pregnancies that, three pregnancies, well, four, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to count Titus because he was kind of my, like tipping point like edge but you still had four three including titus well three because the twins was like oh yeah i feel like that was just a different yeah you can't like count the twins in there not the same way i didn't have my membranes stripped with them and yeah okay i don't know um but and titus's that one's still confusing because i don't know what your body would have done I don't know what my body would have done A and B I don't really know how far along I was because I still maintain that my due date should have been later than what they moved my due date to right which would mean that I actually had him earlier than what 
they were saying. Mm-hmm. So, either way, though, um, I just kind of got in the mentality, like, I have babies between, like, 37 and 38 weeks. Like, that's when my body's ready. That's when my babies are ready. That's when my babies are big enough. Clearly, my body's ready because all you have to do is strip my membranes and then I have my babies. Right. And so, to go to the, like, I'm going to leave everything alone and go to my due date and then go 10 days past my due date mm-hmm. really felt like a huge... Well, especially with Deke's pregnancy, when you went 10 days past your due date, even though you had gone two days past your due date or one, whatever, with Archer, and that one, I feel like that one was the first, like, huge thing like to I go... Like I said, I had never even gone to 39 weeks right. before that. I, so... Right, I remember... Like, waiting for you to go into labor with Archer and being like, where, like, I know she's like had membrane stripped, but I didn't feel like it was even like, it still felt like you were going to be the one who still like had your baby early. Probably, maybe not between 37 and 38 weeks, but like, still probably 39th week. Right. Like, maybe 38th week, like closer to 39 weeks. And then by the 39th week, it really seemed like, well, if stripping your membranes worked and you had these bigger babies right. at 37 totally. weeks, like, you'll probably have your baby before your due date. Right. Like, so that was the first, like, So getting oh, to wow. my due date felt like... Stripping your membranes does interfere a lot with, like, when your babies would actually probably be born. Yeah. But then going to, like, Deke's pregnancy where you had so much amniotic fluid and it felt so much like at 36 weeks... Oh, you're gonna have this baby like that to go not necessarily because I was having signs I was gonna have the baby but because it just looked like my body was about to explode <laughs> yes so then to go 10 days past your due date felt like feel like around the 37th week it felt like well she probably's gonna have the baby really soon and I mean strangers were saying that to you but also like I was even feeling that way I was even like like Surely your body I mean, isn't gonna. I kept thinking, keep like, doing there's this. no way. Like how? Like if you would have told me at 37 weeks you're going till 10 days past your due date, I would have been like, give me the castor oil. Like I just would have thought there's just no way that's right. gonna happen. Like, mm-hmm. but that's where I feel like God is so good to like not have us know these things as much as we want to know them and as much as we also want to control them. When He doesn't have us know them, it's like. He gives us enough grace to get through today. Or not enough grace to get through. The next hour sometimes. Right. Even. But it's it's not like we, we need to know this information just so that we can be worried about how we're going to do it. When instead he's shielding us from this information so that we don't have to be worried about how we're going to do it. All we need to do is get through where we're at presently right. and trust God to be faithful to provide, to give us what we need to get through, whatever he's asking us to get through, and trust him in that. Yep. We had a... What we talked about at Birth Circle, and you weren't there. Yes, I was sleeping. Was just how I've been thinking so much more about reasons to induce. Mm -hmm. And because I do think it's important, especially when you're working hard against a system that you see inducing for really frivolous reasons mm-hmm. and reasons you don't agree with at all. It's hard to sometimes not swing too far to where it's like, 
there's never a good reason to induce. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can make a reason for why everything is you should just keep waiting. And I, I definitely don't agree with that, but it's hard to think through all the theoreticals of like. No, not theoreticals. That's not the word I was looking for. Hypotheticals. That was the word I was looking for. Um, All the hypothetical case studies of like, okay, this is a situation I do feel like... Like, this is when I would. This is when I wouldn't. Because it is so individualized, like you're talking about, Mm -hmm. of like, women by women, case by case. And we were talking about how even even for something like choosing an elective C-section... How there's so much more that goes into some of these things than just like I wouldn't do that right but I don't have the same background mm-hmm. emotions yeah. experiences family or even just husband. like praying with your husband about it and feeling and strongly one way or another it's so hard because you you have to look at scenarios and to some degree you've got to make judgment calls as to whether you agree about things like right you're you're constantly evaluating what what would I do in that situation is that how I would handle that do I agree with how they handled that do I feel like right with all of life not just like right birth but right but at the same time it's definitely an area where you it's not like I think we've talked about this many times before it's not that any of these methods in and of themselves are sinful methods or wrong methods of how to do things the problem is there are certain methods where the majority you can see where it's easy to have wrong heart issues Mm -hmm. that lead predominantly to that method right and so it's more about really, really wanting to fight the the mindsets of our culture mm-hmm. than really the methods of how women give birth. Right. Like that's yeah, much more our our aim and our goal in talking about these things and understanding how we are being influenced and lied to about certain things and mm-hmm. trusting in man and man's ways of doing things over God. Right. Um, And also just the system that's set up in our culture, not just like only heart issues, but just the system that we're fighting against as far as just go like giving over all responsibility and control to a different party, even though your God has made you the parents and you given you the responsibility to make decisions, it's very much our culture and the norm to pass off those responsibilities well, in a lot of areas. Depending on which route you go down, you may even be trying your hardest to take back the responsibilities and be sticking to the convictions you have. But it might end up working against you and backfiring. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what we see in the hospital setting a lot. That is why it would seem like we're like, oh, be really careful going into the hospital. Not because we think there's something wrong with utilizing a hospital, but just understanding that the 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 mindset there isn't that 
you are the parent and you get to make these choices and we're going to support anything you want. And again, we've talked about it before too, that to some degree they have to be set up the way that they are in order to handle the volume and right. And the way that our culture is quick to place blame and sue people and, you know, want to not have to take the responsibility for our decisions. Like they, then they have to put different policies and procedures and things into place Mm -hmm. as protection. Right. And, um, but we were talking the other day to a mom who had been a home birth transfer and had been able to transfer to a hospital where there happened to be a midwife group and a midwife on call who were very knowledgeable and supportive of the physiological process of birth Mm -hmm. and who understood that the reason they were coming in and transferring wasn't an emergency and that they were just, it was a, it was one of those things where it's like, this could be totally normal or it might not be. Let's play it safe and just be in a place where if it's not normal, we do have the resources we need to handle it. (coughs) And bless you. Man. And this mom though was able to go, where they basically, her and her midwife that we were talking to, described it as like the, a shield was set up for her right. by this midwife and this midwife group that were there. And they said it, essentially it felt like we were just really like renting a room. Like we were right. just renting the space in the hospital. Right. And that is like... So you, rare. It's so rare. And you wish that there was more more opportunities like that but at the same time you understand why there's not because that takes a lot of not trust but that that is allowing women and providers into the space of the people in the hospital and allowing things to happen that they are very much letting be outside of their control that if something did go wrong they'd be liable for it it, it just it gets blurry lines of like right. what if you do call them in now to handle like the situation does take a turn downhill right and you call them in to handle it and they haven't been on top of it doing their checks and procedures and stuff all the way along right and something doesn't go well now it's on their property in their space and they weren't following the procedures and protocols they right. normally would and so you know, these things aren't just cut and dry and easy to wade through, but... Right, because we've also heard of home birth transfers that have experienced the opposite of that. Completely the opposite. Yeah. Where it's like they go in and they're being scrutinized at every turn right. over everything and decisions are trying to be made for them that aren't even being presented to them and right. um, just yeah it can be hard to know it it's such a there's so many layers it's not just this easy thing but um I think just knowing the lack of 
births that happen in the hospital that are truly like I, I don't think it's possible to go into a hospital and just have your baby without any monitoring any checks uh, unless you have the baby like one in minute the lot. <laughs> inside the doors when you first like walk in and you just right push your baby out in the lobby but it's so uh, I don't think it's realistic to think you could go in at all it's not realistic to think you could go in and say I don't want any fetal monitoring at all uh-huh. I don't want any vaginal exams at all right like, I just want I to get I don't birth. want an IV. I don't want... I, I just want to be in this room so that I'm closest to the OR if something I felt was off. And no way. I want all these tools around me so that if I say something doesn't feel right, can you monitor my baby? Like, they will then monitor the baby. No way. I, I just... I don't even know. There's like... <laughs> this is where the little bit twisted part of me wants to like try it yeah just it's because you're like a data person who just well, loves all the like experimentation like and push those limits of like i feel like I you feel could like, do it but I you feel, would like hate every I guess, second I, yeah i don't actually I'm but it saying. almost feels worth it just to see what happens <laughs> <laughs> almost i've like wondered like what if we just brought in like a birth tub they didn't like ask any permission for any of these things that like we know are against their policies but just like like barricaded the door shut i'm sure that they would have like security Security come and yeah lock us up and take our baby away for being psycho people probably but (laughs) you just like it's that's just the sad part like you can't you can't be you can't be the one in, in the, control like you're you not the one who's making in the hospital and then say like but i only want these these resources used if i feel like they're necessary and you can, i feel like there are definitely providers who agree to that with women like okay yeah sure yeah you don't totally want this you don't off, want this uh, it'll be like it's unassisted i totally was totally fine I was told by my OB, you can have a home birth in the hospital. <laughs> and I believed it. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, she's, like, so supportive of natural birth. And, right. like, she just wants me to be in a safe place, though. Right. But no, like... Because they're not looking... They're still not... In that situation, they're still not looking to you of... They're looking to something all of their data and all of their numbers right. and all Which of their, like, they're monitors. not going to be okay not collecting that. Right. So even if you can collect, like, even if they will let you do less right. than what is their standard, which they feel like they're really going out of their 20 way. minutes on, 20 minutes off. Yeah. Fetal monitoring. Or even 20 minutes on... An hour off. Per an hour. Yeah, for an hour. And as long as everything looked good during right. that That's 20 minutes. Right, that's this, like, <laughs> disclaimer that people brush over really quickly of as long as everything fits perfectly in our box of what we think is perfect. Not what is actually okay or not okay, but it's this box of, Whatever like... Whatever I feel comfortable with. And right. If one number looks like something I'm not really comfortable with, not because everything I promise. Not because you it's is. actually been proven to be bad or worrisome. Right, and not 
that it's even happening repeatedly or something. Yeah. But I mean, even when you look at the statistics of what fetal monitoring has done, and nothing. if it's helped protect babies and women. Right. It's it not at all. No. It is not. If you look at the like evidence and the data of like how rates have gone with using fetal monitoring, it is not it hasn't it hasn't helped make anything better and it has increased C sections. Right. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Because it makes them jump at anything that isn't like you said that isn't perfect within their box which isn't I feel like doctors will get scared of things that really are normal and happening to lots of babies if they're not on what you feeling over there oh just feeling a butt baby booty yep um, and I smiled because I just got this sudden urge to like announce my baby's name and then was like, oh, I can't really do that without telling Tim first. <laughs> well, I mean, I would just know before him because you could tell him before this. This is also like the first pregnancy he knew first. You knew first with oh yeah Calvary. Not to say looks we weren't friends, but. All of my other pregnancy, Tim was like the third or fourth. I was second fourth. with Calvary, though. You had a, you told your other friend first. Oh. Oh, yeah, but Arrow. Yeah. Arrow was, I was first. Arrow, I was first, and you didn't. I feel like I knew before you. Just kidding. <laughs> That's true. I was Not like, really. Like, you knew, like, you had seen the line in the pregnancy test, but, but you I was still like, so weird about it. I was like, what does this mean? <laughs> like... Uh, You're pregnant. There's two lines there, so <laughs> I, like I just, although I feel like you were almost, I mean, you weren't as in denial this time, but you were way more shocked. I was definitely shocked. But, but Tim I was, feel like I knew first this pregnancy. Oh, whatever. Didn't even you need didn't even a pregnancy test for you. You didn't at all. I mean... I wasn't as surprised as you were. <laughs> That's true. That is true. That's just bringing back so many great memories of how real PO'd you were at me. I was. Real. Yeah, not happy. It's true. I was so offended that you were so sure I was pregnant when I was so clearly not and I was just making everything so hard for you yep but it was that that made me go home like right after the pregnancy test like I feel like if I I would have just let it go and like oh I know not I feel like you were convinced you weren't pregnant right I mean I probably would if I hadn't gotten my period by the next day or something but yeah that was really great yeah sorry we totally shift off. I don't even know what you're talking about. This I'm Baby started kicking and... This is just our life. You're women that, that are listening. Chip, you might... I mean, you're used to dealing with me all the time like this, moving yeah. thing to thing. Women can follow us happy. It's fine. Just jumping around. Yeah. So... Danny's rocking out at 30 weeks. 
30 weeks. That's a milestone. Is that a milestone? Is number 30 a milestone? Because I felt like episode 30 was a milestone, and you were like, mm, do you I, need to be 50 weeks to call it a milestone? I hope so. <laughs> um, 30 weeks is a milestone. I feel like it is. I know, but I've felt the whole time like you feel like it is more than I feel like it is. I felt like 28 weeks was a milestone of moving into the third trimester, and my next, my personal next milestone is always 34 weeks. It's not a good milestone, Mm. but it's my next milestone. But I feel like you always have consistently felt like, even with other people's pregnancies, that 30 weeks is a... It just sounds so different than 29 weeks. It, it doesn't for me, but... That's weird. Let us know what you think. One of the milestones. For me, the only reason 34 weeks is a milestone isn't because I think it's actually a milestone in everyone's pregnancies. I just personally, after multiple pregnancies, feel like 34 weeks is a shift of feeling like... You're so close, but like yet a, you're so far. It's a really horrible milestone, yes. yes. That's how I feel. I think physically, though, I feel like I go downhill a lot between the 31st and 32nd week. Like, that's usually when there's a shift of, like, and this sucks. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I really only felt like I... My only two pregnancies that I felt like that for... Before, like, 36 weeks were the twins and Deke. Hmm. I feel like with all my other pregnancies, maybe Brinley, too. Brinley, it was probably around 34 weeks that I started feeling. That's when I had, I mean, I guess it was... 35, 36 weeks that I had a ton of fluid. Hmm. But otherwise, I feel like I've really tapered. I, I really level out, you know? Yeah. Like, when I start my third trimester, then I feel like I level out for a long time. And I remember with multiple ones of my pregnancies feeling like, even at like 35 and 36 weeks, feeling like... I don't know why everybody gets so antsy to have their babies. And then at 37 weeks, I'm like, I'm done now. <laughs> and yeah. then I used to just get to have my baby at that point. Yeah. Not anymore. Not anymore. I'm really curious how I'll feel going into these next few weeks, though, because it was 34 weeks that I felt like... The worst with Deke. Well, that's when I started going really downhill was, like, between 33 and 34. Yeah. 31 weeks, I was, like, a little bit, a little bit big for uh-huh. 31 weeks. But 34 weeks, I was, like... Big, big. 43 centimeters. Yeah. So, within that, like, couple of weeks' time... And that's like, normally when your fluid, your amniotic fluid peaks. Right. Naturally. Yes. So, it's understandable. Right, so I felt like 34 to 37 weeks was really bad. 38 and 39 still felt bad. 40 was getting to be a tiny bit better. And actually by 41 weeks with Deke, which was the... I think that's the one thing that gives me the most encouragement and is the most... Is that it got better? I, I felt a lot better. I remember so clearly, like, 
needing to go get something downstairs during my midwife appointment at 41 weeks when my midwife had come over to my house. Uh-huh. And, like, running down the stairs and, like, running back up them. Like, yeah. feeling like this doesn't feel like a problem at all. Like, yeah. not, like, heaving myself up one step at a time, but, like, literally, like, bounding up the stairs. Yeah. And I only measured 41 centimeters that day, which... Yeah. When you think of the fact that at 34 weeks, I measured 43 centimeters. Yeah. So... It was, like, going way backwards backwards as far as, like, how physically, like, what I felt like I could do and the demand on my body. And so that is, like, one thing that I feel like I'll be able to hold on to. Yeah. That it's just because you go further doesn't mean you have to feel worse the whole time you're going further. Right. Like, you get... Emotionally, it's hard, and, it, like, yes, you are, your baby's getting bigger and all of that, but you can feel really terrible earlier and then actually feel better. Right. Like, when you're even further. So, yeah, I'm really, I'm really curious what will happen with this baby. Yeah. I feel like I'm watching Melissa, and I'm like, well, got... 30 weeks, so I've got 12 weeks left. But then, like, I guess I could have less than that. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how close we have our babies. I know. I'm hoping we don't have them close, though. I know, but I'm still thinking how really terrible it would be if I did have this baby early and you did have your baby late. Oh, I know. That would definitely be... I know. We've talked about it multiple times, but I I feel like... That just feels feel like, like the almost, impossible on the impossible. <laughs> I know, but I keep thinking how... If I even have my baby... Even in the 39th week, I'd feel like, oh no, like this is like further apart now potentially. Yeah, but I feel like having your baby three weeks of, like if I then went on my due date or yeah, there as somewhere. Yeah, but I feel like it, I can't have my baby before 39 weeks or it would just be like really, I, I don't even feel like it's possible right. for me to have my baby earlier than that. But if I did, I'd be like, oh no. Mm-hmm. Better really start gearing up now for how I'm gonna encourage Abby to. Yeah. Not decide she's done and wants to have her baby too. Yeah, that is definitely gonna be a mental mind game for me this time because it just feels like as soon as you hit a milestone, I'm like, oh yeah, and I'm right. Yeah, we've already there. been talking about the other day. We were talking about how we keep think like saying we're two weeks apart because. We're 17 days apart. Uh-huh. So we're a little more. We're like two and a half weeks apart. I change on a Thursday and you don't change until Sunday. Right. And so it's been funny because for me mentally, like wanting Abby to like keep up with me, I technically change my week on Thursday, but oftentimes I don't even like fully feel like 
I'm 30 weeks. Like, even today, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess I am. I guess I did turn 30 weeks yesterday. But I kind of am, like, holding out and waiting until Sunday (laughs) to, like, then I can be 30 and Abby can be 28. Because I'm like, Abby's not 28 weeks yet, so I can't be 30. But But I have the opposite problem. the opposite problem where she's very much celebrating that I'm I'm like, oh, Danny's 30 weeks. Great. So I'm, like, 28. But she's actually not not 28 yet. And when I'm not even to the week that I am, she's like, I'm close to... Yes. Danny's almost 30 weeks, so I'm almost 28, but she's This could definitely cause some mental issues at the end. Right now, it doesn't really matter. Right. But at the end, when you're like 40 weeks, I'm like, well, I'm like basically 40 weeks, (laughs) except I'm 37 and a half and like... Not. And I'm like, I'm not really new yet, I don't think. <laughs> this, maybe that God did this so it'll go. be easier for you. Maybe. All right. But that means he did it so it'll be harder for you. <laughs> well, it's true. But I've also not had to go past my due date yet, and so... Okay, well, if this is your hardest thing, then... Why don't you have your baby, like, the earliest you've ever had your baby? After, like... <laughs> That really, I'm, I'm I don't like feel like that would happen. Prepared for it, and I feel like I'd be okay. I might cry a little, but if you, for some reason, had your baby like before me and like way before me, it like, it, it doesn't even feel possible to me. It feels just as unlikely of me going to four to two weeks. Like I know, I just feel like if you had your baby at thirty-eight weeks, when I'm like forty weeks, three days. And then I go to, like, almost 42 weeks. But see, even that, I'm like, not going to have a baby at 38 weeks. Right, I know. It would just really... It It would. It would suck. I don't know which one would be worse. Me having my baby early and you having your baby late and having a massive gap between that we've never... Like, that you've never had to deal with. Yeah. Or you having your baby really early and me having my baby late to where... I have to wait multiple days. Like Yeah. I feel like you would have to just, I feel like I would just I would give feel up so, and I would probably never come and see you. I know, that's me. what I was gonna say. That would probably I'd hate that more because I feel like you'd hate me and my baby and you'd like not even wanna like I don't think I'd hate see you guys, my baby. But I do think it would be really hard to like be in a joyful mindset to yeah. like come hang out with you in your bed with your baby while I'm like <laughs> massively like forty two weeks pregnant. Yeah. And I think Oops. you would probably not blame me one bit. No, but it would be really sad. It would. Well, let's just pray that doesn't that happen. Thin? Come out early. You don't need to wait until 42 weeks like your friend. Little Johnson buddy. All right, well. That's all we got. We'll talk to you all next time. Hopefully next time we'll mention that Melissa had her baby. <laughs> If not, I would I would be to the shocked point at okay. that at yeah. that time. I if mean like probably She gets to forty three weeks next week. If she's still like uh I <laughs> You're I'm, speechless. You I can't might even. be recommending my own C section providers at that point <laughs> or something. I don't really know. That just feels that feels impossible. Yeah. I know it's not. So anyone who might be listening to this and be like, I knew somebody that went to forty three weeks and five days. Hey, you, you haven't been hanging out with us. <laughs>
completely and seeing her belly and be, I don't know, it just already feels like we're really pushing the limits of... Yeah, I agree. Do you want to give your last minute guesses? Since our guesses have come and gone. Hmm. see today is the first i mean no, not really it's like one more hour of the first i know but i was just trying to think of date wise okay. like what the next few days were date date wise <sighs> i don't feel like i can i don't feel like i can do it because okay i i feel like i want i still want it to be the first right and it's like only she only has one hour to do that. And eight minutes. <laughs> but I just feel like I can't even, like, think outside of what I feel like it will be outside of what I want it to yeah. be. Yeah. So if I, it's not the first, then I so want it to be the second that I feel like I just have to guess the second. Yeah. Even, I just, and I feel All right, well, give me your last minute guess on I gender. S- I don't know. I've, Come on. I, I was just about to say, I don't even feel like after seeing those... I feel more confused than ever. Those pictures that she just got don't strike me as like, oh, I really think that's a boy or I really really, think that's a girl. I really think it's a boy. And I feel like the weight thing is like also throwing me off of like, I'd say the only, well, even that with her, I don't know. I was going to say the only thing I do feel like boys have more of a tendency to go really late than girls, but Juniper was 11 days late. So I don't know. I don't know. I, we were taught, I was talking to her today about how like exciting it's going to be either way because she either has a girl and has like the only girl of the three of us, which Mm -hmm. will feel super exciting that there is another girl. Yes. Or she has a boy, and because we we're both having boys, know we're having boys. Yes. I feel like it feels much less of like a big letdown. If yes. we both knew we were having girls, and then she had a boy oh, or yeah. something, I feel like that'd be like, hey, oh, like I'm excited and I'm happy and it's fine. But I agree. I feel like, especially since we've all had boys together, it would feel like that. Like, oh, I did have a boy with you guys. Yeah. You know? So. I don't know. We'll Sudden, see. Suddenly, like, when we thought, like, oh, it would be perfect if you had your baby on Reformation Day and named her Tulip. I felt like I really needed it to be a girl. But now yes. like, that day came and went. It's like, yeah, it can be a boy now. <laughs> it's fine. I still, I'm feeling boy. But I can't, I'm like you, I can't guess the date. Because I keep wanting to be like, tonight. And then tomorrow night. Right now. Like right now. Did you just text us a picture of your baby? No. Oh, well, well. Yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned. We'll see. We'll see if Melissa breaks her own record. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.